0: Hello, everybody! Welcome to Inside the Game. Joining me are my two awesome hosts, Shalom Druk, the the menace from Detroit, and the man who is the coolest guy in town who bought us all pizza today. That's Tyler McGee, and I think I over tipped the guy too. I gave him six dollars for a five dollar pizza. But you know what? It's the holiday season. But you know, with that, joining me is uh, two baseball players, two very talented baseball players. We've got Casey, and we've got Quinn Connolly. Now, Casey, how are you doing today?
1: I'm um, doing excellent. How about yourself?
0: Now, you dressed up as Santa Claus for um, for uh, the Halloween game. That was
1: awesome. So are you going to be dressing up as the real Santa Claus now that we're in the holiday season? Um, You know, maybe. Maybe for the youngsters around town, but that's about it. All right, so Casey is a
0: very charitable guy, but... The reason why they're here is because even though we, it is almost Christmas time, the baseball season for Pierce College is just two months away. The Brahmas looking to get back to uh, to uh, to business after having a very successful season in which uh, they made it all in which they made it all the way to the second round for the fir- for the first time since 2006. A very special team. Uh, a team that was filled with a lot of freshmen, but now you guys are sophomores, and uh, you guys got a lot to prove. Uh, tell us about it.
2: Well, for one thing, we had a lot of great leadership last year, so that's something that uh, me and Casey and a lot of the other sophomores have to uh, live up to and teach the young guys how to play and how to win, so it's going to be a good experience for us.
1: Now, you- oh, Last year, uh, what Quinn said, last year we had a lot of good sophomores, lots of talent. And uh, this year we've we've come out, worked hard, had good leadership through the sophomores, and I think it's going to be a really good season.
0: Yeah. Now you you guys had uh, guys like Zach Friedman and Dylan Tashian, two very talented baseball players. Zach with you know the power that he has. Dylan probably one of the most con- one of the most consistent hitters that you know the state had seen. But, you know, with those handful of sophomores, you know, Joe Christian, I got to give a shout out to, um, there was still a lot of freshmen. They really had to mold you guys. What what did it take to really, you know, buy in to the system after, you know, for Pierce, seemingly the last three or four years was kind of uh, was kind of on the scale of irrelevancy?
2: Well, I think we're lucky to have such great sophomore leadership to show us how to do things. And um, me and Casey also being kids at... This is our third year now, our second year last year. We understood how the J.C. level worked. So we had a lot of kids like that, and it was was important that we all stepped up and were able to do our jobs.
1: And uh, also, it's the system of J.C. If you want to win games, you have to buy into the system that the coaches are selling you. And basically what our coaches sell us are you have to work hard, you put, you get what you put in, and if you if you're working hard and staying with a positive attitude, anything is possible.
0: Yeah. Now it was one thing to you know say that, but you know when I saw you guys not 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 this winter, but but the last winter, you know when when all the seasons when all the seasons were done, um when when, when all the seasons were over, I saw you guys you know working out, and you know I saw your your guys' faces, and I'm like, wow, this baseball team. They're, all, they're a lot more around than, you know, than what was in the previous pass. A pass that was, you know, filled with, you know, guys that could play, but it just didn't seem like, you know, they really had that work ethic until you guys came in. Then at the beginning of the season, you beat Santa Ana twice, and all of a sudden the word around was Juco World, was that Pierce College Baseball was back. Talk about, you know, that beginning of the season, how you opened up a lot of eyes,
1: including myself. Um... So basically just buying into the program and just working hard and showing it was good for the freshmen to show the sophomores that working hard really does benefit the team. And if the freshmen are going to buy in, most likely the sophomores will buy in as well.
2: Yeah, and definitely I think winter is a key time for everyone to develop. It's time that we're not all together, but it's also important that we keep uh, improving and making sure that we're ready for season. That's not that long away.
0: Yeah. Now during the season, you guys you guys had a lot of ups and downs. You know, you you see you you guys you guys kind of reminded me of the two thousand ten Lakers a little bit. You know, one night you guys would you know be you guys would be beating one of the top teams in the state, and then the next team you'd be you'd be struggling with you know a team like Valley College. Um, so uh, what what was that? You know, just just trying to get antiquated and trying to find a style of ball that was consistent to, you know, to to play with that put Ws on the board?
2: Well, we did struggle a lot last year at times with our pitching and defense, and that's something that we needed to work on towards the end of the year. And I think when we started playing well, we started winning the close games and low-scoring games when our pitching and defense came along, and our bats were always there all season. So once we got more consistent with that, that's the reason why we had success in the playoffs. Now, Quinn, uh,
0: Casey you want to say something? Go ahead, man. Yeah, no, uh, Quentin, one of the things that, that I love about you, you know, you as a player, I mean, forget the the background that, you know, you, you come from a very solid family background. You know, his dad is, by the way, a former FBI agent. So, you know, he's, he's, he's got all the qualities of being a good boy. But, you know, it's kind of that, 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 that silent that silent aura that, that he has, you know, that, I mean, he, it's not that he's necessarily silent, but at the same time, when it, when it comes to, you know, baseball I mean, the, the the true focus is there, and you were definitely came out of that season being one of the leaders, you along with Casey as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, the way I play baseball, I don't like to talk that much on the field when I'm actually playing against the opponents. I like to just do my thing and focus on what I'm doing, and that really um, helps me uh, get my job done.
1: Yeah, so we call Quinn Robo-Q. It's, uh, the reason behind that is that every time Quinn was up, for a long part of the season he was just getting singles, getting singles, getting on, getting over scoring. And the way he went about his business, he he's not a big talker. Um he just he just gets gets what needs to be you know, gets what needs to be get done and he is definitely a silent leader. Myself, I'm more of a vocal leader. I like to get on, guys. I like I like to be loud, vocal. And I think that his leadership and my leadership together along with other some other sophomores is uh is very very effective.
0: Yeah. Now you guys had like had players like, you know, Joe Joe Moran and Austin Peters. I mean, last year's team at one point in in terms of batting average was was top 5 and I think you guys an, ended up at number 8 after beginning the season actually leading the state in team batting average. Just talk about, you know, the way you guys were able to hit last year after, you know, it's, it seemed like, you know, for that last three, four years, there was just a dull doldrums, you know, it, d- it didn't seem like anybody really had that consistent bat. But top down the lineup, if you, you look through one through six, guys were hitting, you know, 290, 300, 300 310. And I, think, uh, and I think a couple of you guys at one point to start the season were hitting at around uh, 400. So talk about, you know, that consistency in terms of having that batting order
1: um preparation is key, but also we had very talented hitters and very competitive inner squads throughout the off season and these these competitive inner squads no one wanted to lose everyone's coming after you, everyone wants to win and when it was just during games we would win games 16 to 12, 16 to 14, and it was because our hitters would not would not set down, would not give away at bats, take long counts. Uh, get to the bullpen and really, really work the pitchers,
2: yeah, like you said about Joe Miranda and Austin Peters are one of nine hitters, and I think you can ask anyone on our team we had confidence in either one of those guys to get the job done, and I think one through nine we were very solid, and we were confident that if we didn 't get the job got done, the uh, guy behind us would definitely get it done for us
0: now throughout the season, I mean you know i mean, we'll we'll go we 'll go back again to the ups and downs but ultimately it led you guys in the playoffs despite you know fin- finishing third in your conference i mean you 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 got oxnard i mean the, the western state conference you know that that southern division was probably one of the toughest conferences you know in terms of baseball that anybody could play oxnard had a bunch of great pitching and uh, you know unfortunately you, you, you guys not only got swept by them in uh in the in uh in the in the, in the regular season but in the playoffs as well what do you, you guys gotta do and do you guys have a send do you guys wanna send a message uh to the condors, you know, come February, come March, come April when the big boys come into town and uh all bets are off and uh time to get dirty?
1: Uh, we're coming for you, Oxnard. Uh going 0 six against them last year was absolutely something we did not like very much and I think their their pitching last year was the best the best I've seen, the best most of these guys have seen, a guy throwing 100 miles an hour, that is ridiculous. And then their ace who just refused to lose. Uh, they had a great team, um, but I think this year it's going to be a different story. Yeah.
2: Yeah, last year was disappointing, you know, losing them four times in the regular season and then not getting back at them in the playoffs. But uh, I think this year we're going to be ready and there should be some good competition. Yeah.
0: And you know what was awesome, too, it was watching you guys flourish in the playoffs. Because this team, you know, against Cerritos, you guys lost your first game against Cerritos, and you guys had to win two games in one day. You know, and probably you know one one of the hottest springs that we'd had. In fact, were we in December? No, we were in spring. It was it was late May, and it was like around a hundred two. Once once you got out to you know being nine nine a.m., Their sports information director from Cerritos actually wrote you guys out and saying, "Hey, I'm not even going to bother to buy you breakfast because uh, this thing is going to be over quick." Yet. In a doubleheader, you guys were able to beat them and prove who who the better team was, and you know get to that next step against Allstar. And you very nearly forced that thing to a game three. Just talk about you know that playoff atmosphere and uh, you know how well you guys played, even though uh, you got bounced in the second round.
1: Um, the first game, we got beat by a, a really good pitcher. I believe he got drafted in the sixth or seventh round, and we knew that that was, that was the best arm they had and the best arm we were going to face that series. So we didn't let us let it get us down. We uh, came out that second day um, ready, focused, and we, uh, we just went out there, played good defense. Our pitching really held up really well, and our hitting just got the job done to get us to the next round.
2: Yeah, that day when we won the two games, I think it was our uh, high point of the season as we played well on all aspects of the game and we're able to get those two wins. And I think that was a really special moment for our team.
0: All right. So now coming into this season, you know, you, you guys got, got a great, great bunch of young, young recruits. A lot of guys from, from the, from the West Valley, you know, power hitters like Jerry Ismerio, who, uh, who uh, was, was, was from Chatsworth, and uh, you know, it seems like this team is really, Reloaded, and you know, already here talking literally the first week of December, and we're talking about baseball. What do you guys are What do you guys think you guys are capable of, and do you feel that you guys are as good as any team in the state right now? As uh, as you get ready for the
2: season. You know, I think we can compete with anyone in any given day. You know, baseball is a tricky sport, but uh, I think we got a lot of young guys that are competing for some spots, and I think a lot of young guys are going to have to step up. and I think we'll have a good year.
1: Yeah, um there's there's definitely going to be uh, more talented teams out there than us, but um they they tie their shoes the same way we do and that's that's all there is to it and baseball's a crazy game, anyone can win on any given day.
0: So, what are you guys going to have to do to get get to conference supremacy and show the Condors and Oxnard that you guys are the real kings of the Western
1: State Conference? Um I think we're just going to have to uh, go out there, focused, ready to play um, as a team, as as one. Because nothing's worse than a broken team, and nothing is better than a team that is together and playing with with nothing left on the field at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I think as long as we play hard and have a consistent approach to the games, I think we'll be fine and be at the top of the conference at the end of the year.
1: All right,
0: gentlemen, thank you so much. For coming on the show, Quinn, Casey, look forward to seeing these guys in February as the Brahmas will take the field again. Looking to make the playoffs for the second year in a row and looking to improve on getting into the second round and possibly, maybe even the first Brahmas state title. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, coming up next, Shalom, Tyler, and I, we're going to weigh in on some of the current issues in the sports world, talk about week. 14 and some of the rest of the things that are going on so stay with us this is inside the game hello everybody welcome back to inside the game shalom juke tyler mcgee and ethan hansen and uh, I swear, I am I apparently talk so loud that I'm like within field goal distance right now. I'm talking about like a 35-yard. But Shalom, how are you doing today? Congratulations. Fantastic. Congratulations on your Thanksgiving win for your Detroit Lions looking very sharp right
3: now. Very much needed. Very much needed. They were struggling as of late, uh, facing tough competition. They uh, lost to the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots. So it was a much-needed win uh, when you were chasing a playoff spot, and uh the tough thing for Detroit is they got to chase the Green Bay Packers, so we'll see how that ends up. All right, Tyler, so how, how's it going today, and
0: what are we going to talk about?
4: It's doing well. we got a couple big topics. You're looking at the hot stove season in
3: baseball, where
4: oh. where certain free agents are going to be going. Always
3: fun. Rumors. There are rumors. Yeah. That they're, they're like th- 97% yeah. of stuff, especially in today's world, where you have social media, Twitter, Facebook, and all, every guy is just updating some rumor that they heard that they want happening. Like my list, John Lester has already signed with 15 teams from what I've read. He hasn't, but the rumors linked him everywhere. So it's it's definitely a very exciting aspect to follow. So you know, where where's Max Scherzer going to go to? Whether Cespedes will be traded? So there's a lot of you know, you know, rumors running around.
0: Yeah. Lots and lots of rumors, and one of the things that, you know, I think we should address, you know, because this is the L.A. crowd, who do you think the Dodgers should get? Do you think that they should go after James Shields, Max Scherzer, or John Lester? If the Dodgers are to get either either Scherzer or James Shields, it'll cost them a first-round pick. If they are to get John Lester, it won't cost them anything because of the fact that he got traded to Oakland. Meanwhile, the Dodgers would then have Three left-handers in their starting rotation. Do you think the Dodgers can win and you know be considered a legitimate contender for a World Series if they pitch three left-handers? Tyler,
4: I think they can. I mean, they all bring something a little different to the table. And it's not like it's the same guy going out there pitching three games in a row. They each do little things different, nuances in their game. They bring different things.
0: So what? What about the nuances?
4: Well, you look at Kershaw, it's what you see from Clayton Kershaw is going to be different from what you see from, like, a John Lester or a Zach Granke on yeah. there. So it's the way he approaches the game, the way you guys have him pitch. It's just totally different on there. Whether He's going to throw a lot of, you know, his curves. He's going to have the change and stuff like that. And he's going to have a good fastball. still.
0: Yeah. Um, see, I, I mean, I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to, you know, the Dodgers having three left-handers. But with that being said, I am one of the keys to you having a strong baseball rotation is is consistency and balance. And I think that is where, if you are the Dodgers, you got to go after a guy that dominated the AL Central this year. And that guy that I think the Dodgers have got to go get is Max Scherzer because other than you know, other than Kershaw, who you know is a power lefty. Um, you know, you, you you look you look at Ryu. Ryu is is a finesse kind of guy. Um, you know, Lester used to be able to hit about ninety two, ninety five. You know, four, five years ago, but you know he has dealt with some arm problems. And you know, Scherzer is the fireballer. But you know, shalom. Do. You, um, will Scherzer resign, or do you think he's going to go back to the Detroit Tigers? I don't, I
3: don't think he's going to go back to the Detroit Tigers. I think his chances have increased over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the Tigers offered him a six-year, one hundred forty-four million dollar deal last offseason, which he declined. And you know, and it was pretty clear that they're going to go their separate ways. You know, Scott Boris wants to make money. Detroit doesn't want to pay another pitcher that price. and That was one of the reasons why the Tigers traded for David Price. That being said, uh, there is a possibility he'll sign with the Tigers. I don't want the Tigers to sign him because I think he's overhyped a bit and he will be overpaid. Uh, dealing with pitchers, especially the hardball pitchers that throw, you know, very hard, these six-year contracts, seven-year contracts are very scary when you're, you know, pitchers that are around the age of thirty. You know, they could blow an arm. They, you know, stuff like that. And Max Scherzer has had an issue with closing out games, so. He's he's a very good pitcher. I wouldn't put him in the elite category at any level. I would take a lot of pitchers. I would take. I'd take David. I'd rather the, the Tigers sign David Price long, that, term. long term than uh, with Scherzer, just the way he throws. And he's also he he he'll go get eight innings. But the, here's the problem: if he signs with the Dodgers, his eight innings might be useless with the bullpen they have. Kind of what similar to Tigers' situation. But I think he'll get the money. I just hope it's not from Detroit.
0: Yeah. Um. And and that's a really good good point that that, that you bring up to. You know, you you already have Justin Verlander who, you know, even though he struggled this year mightily, I still think that, you know, he's one of the best pitchers in in Tigers history. Um and uh with uh with him and uh you know, I'm I'm looking at so 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 you would not re sign Max Scherzer with eighteen wins and five losses. Not for that
3: money. Not for that money in that long. I would do it a five-year deal. I wouldn't mind signing him, but six years and then at 25, 26 million a year, I just I don't think he's worth that money.
0: What's your opinion, Tyler? You know, Shalom
4: brought up the uh, kind of the injury aspect. Even on a young guy, that's that's kind of a iffy situation because you don't know what their arms are going to do. Right. You know, season to season. And I'm more comfortable game.
3: giving it to David Price just the way he pitches. He pitches differently than, than Max Scherzer does.
4: Well, say if there was a guy that I'd be comfortable giving money to right now, it'd be James Shields. If you're looking at the Dodgers' perspective, where they need kind of a big game starter you have big game James Shields.
3: I mean John Lester's also done very fine in the playoffs, he he he, he you know has well quite yeah. deep
4: in the playoffs. He didn't fare too well in the uh
0: the Well, not one this player, there.
3: not yeah, not this year. That but you know. He gets he gets to the well, last James Shields in also October. had some struggles this year in the in the playoffs yeah.
0: too. Well, I mean, you look at Clayton Kershaw too. I mean, you know, all these aces that did great in the regular season just, you know, did not pan out with the Dodgers though. I I mean, um, one of the things that, that drives me crazy, and and I just hear this a lot from, you know, casual sports fans that, oh, you know, the the, the blame goes on Kershaw, that he didn't, you know, step up in the playoffs when, when he need, needed to the most. But the thing is, Kershaw pitched a lot of games, and the way that the Dodgers' bullpen was, the Dodgers' bullpen was so terrible that who do you truly rely on, you know, to go deep in you? Do you rely on... On your ace, who you know could give up some runs as of late, or do you pitch them five innings and you know Brandon bring in Brandon League or somebody else who you know might might mess you up just the same? You gotta sometimes go with the horse that that got you there. And the biggest thing that the Dodgers need to address is their bullpen this offseason. You look at it, the innings wasn't so much the issue with Kershaw this year because he missed the month of the
4: year with the back injury. Yeah. But it's when he got down to the playoffs, he was pitching short rest and long innings on there, so he shouldn't have been in certain situations. But Clayton Kershaw's the type of guy that's not going to pass the blame to anybody. He's going to accept it and say, "Hey, you know, I made I hung some pitches, I was off on there. Those that's my responsibility. I'll work on that." You see that every time he pitches, you know he's having a great game, and he's still you know swearing into the glove coming off the field.
0: Yeah.
3: I'm what I love about the hot so season. I'm really interested in seeing trades, and this is where the Tigers usually get active. They do their big trades always in the off season. Dave Dombrowski is known for pulling off trades. the Fister trade last year, Prince Fielder last year, and then we we had the Miguel Cabrera. He's always doing trades, and you know it's always interesting. There are a lot of names that are swirling around now within Detroit, but I, I would like to see you know where Justin Upton might go. His name's been put out there as a potential trade candidate. Perhaps Matt Kemp. Well, Matt you know, Kemp's name is, is extremely is, out there. He's looking extreme. at the Padres. and he's been out the last last off last off too. The Marlins potentially ha- have interest in Kemp, and so you want. You, I would like to see what ty- that type of trade would look because he has a lot of money. No one's no one no one's going to pay him twenty two. How much, I'm not he's, sure how much he's, he's made. got.
4: A lot of money on the deal, and the Dodgers are saying that, or that it's t- looking like the Dodgers are going to have to send a lot of money with him Correct. on there
3: to make deals happen. But also uh, looking what type of player evaluation I'll get back from him, so that'll be interesting. But just. And Cesparezoso, his name's out there. He played a couple months, you know, but they signed that Cuban outfielder and, and and Hanley's gonna be playing left field at uh Frenway. So <laughs> You mean you mean third base? No no Hanley was, or Minas? Pablo Sandoval is gonna be playing uh his third base and Hanley's gonna be the left fielder. So they got an extra fielder and they need pitching. So Cespedes is. What name, do you mean, K-Lash? left
0: field? He's a shortstop, buddy.
3: No, but he's going to be playing left field for the right. Oh, side. oh, because
0: of the because of the green monster, monster, correct? Oh, okay, okay. That that that's just a Shalom joke. In no, no, cases. no. I'm
3: serious. He, he, no, but I'm serious that he's playing left field, though.
0: He's not going to play left field. No, he's that, he he's he been came... an
3: infielder. No, but well, you have it all the time. These certain players that can play out in left field. Matt, you don't need to be a. Good, I mean, Manny Ramirez played. If I'm not mistaken, was, was yeah,
0: there? I know. But Manny <laughs> R- R- Ramirez was an outfielder the whole time since he was in. Since, but Hanley can play in, left
3: field, They're, but the plan is to have him because they have a, a Bogarts that's going to play short, who's a phenomenal young player. So, well, it, they also have a you know you have David
4: Ortiz who you don't want as you know playing the field every day, but they have options where they can move guys around
3: DHing spots. Well, you know, but what, but he, 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 his prime position is going to be left field though. From what I've read, all the reports indicate
0: I have left field for Hanley Ramirez. He's got the arm for it. But forget, okay, it's a very Maybe short no fence.
3: You're playing. I I,
0: think, I am so not buying Hanley Ramirez playing left field. This I'm is, sure he has prior history. Le, something left thanks.
4: field at, at in Boston is one of the harder positions to play. Just because it's to, hard
3: just to judging the ball. It, it's judging Correct. the
4: ball off the wall. It's a little different. So it's, he's going to have to spend some time out there if he plays there.
0: Here I've I've got an idea. How how about what we what we do is we keep Bogarts at short. We move Pablo over to first base and we put Hanley Ramirez. At third base, and uh, maybe talk
3: some. Logic. And your yeah, infield has horrible defense.
0: Yeah, well, you know what, Han- Hanley. I mean, who who would you rather have have playing left? Where would you rather have Hanley Ramirez playing left field or or third base? Uh, I'd rather not have Hanley Ramirez in the field.
4: I, I, they're just <laughs> interested in his bat.
0: Yeah, like. and, but the thing is, though, pop, Poppy still has has the pop at the DH, so. Where, where, where are you going to put him? I mean, you know, it's a great deal for Boston. I mean, they added a great bat, but at the same time, where are you going to put him? And I think all, all the signs are either him being at shortstop and maybe putting Bogarts in another position because they're going to want him for his bat. I mean, even though he had a very injury-plagued 2014 season, he still hit like around you know 275 you. to 280. So, what, uh, what do you
3: think about the A's trade that just took place?
4: Oh getting uh up from the blue Jays? yeah that's a that's you're looking at it um it's another option to change because I think there's a, they're always oh, they trading
3: everyone in oakland if you you're due a payday and 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 the thing is oh who who, who who's the trade for again who do they receive uh, you've seen a young guy, a third baseman um I, I'm drawing a blank on his name right here um,
0: want to look it up um and uh meanwhile while well, well uh well Tyler looks it up and has his aha moment um talk about you know the the fact that you know the the Dodgers new new gen general manager you know a guy that you know grew that kind of got put into you know the management system of baseball under the uh Billy bean scale will a Billy bean
3: philosophy work in Los Angeles Shalom the thing about it is he. This guy did well under Billy Bean with no money. Now you put money with him. You got it. You got it. You got it. You know that's a huge advantage. So, his I, they probably got him for a scouting of players the way he was able to develop and and, and uh, see talent. Now they were only able to get players that were under their budget, which were people like me and Ethan and you. But anybody over that paycheck, <laughs> they or they they couldn't paycheck. touch. Um. And yeah, anyone that required a paycheck, they couldn't they couldn't hire. So. I think it's actually a great hire.
0: Yeah, um, you know the the way the way I I see it. I mean, one one of the things I I, th- I think the the Dodgers have been having problems with. I mean, especially since Ned Colletti, is worrying about the home run deal too much. You know, I'm, I mean the ho- the home run deals. Like you know, although was was he was he the GM when, when when they got Manny Ramirez? Yeah, yeah, he he was. Oh, so that's, that's he was. He was the GM when when they got Manny Ramirez. I mean, short term. I mean, LA was buzzing. I mean, Manny Wood, he was hitting you know twenty five home runs. I mean, he was bashing balls off off of you know right right and left right and left field. But you know, I I think they relied too much on these home run deals. And now what the Dodgers have got a got a chance to do is have the same amount of payroll, but take a step back, look at the analytics, and decide numerically. And business wise, what is the best team to you know put on that field? With that being said, do you, do you think the Dodgers are going to be uh are are going to be you know kind of uh build building a new ship and uh, you know is uh, other than Clayton Kershaw is uh, everybody is it free game to trade anybody on the Dodgers team?
4: I wouldn't say it's free game to trade anybody on the team. You're going to build around certain pieces. That's part of the the new uh, front offices. They're Numbers guys. Yeah. They're going to build the team the way that they want and see fit on there. So they're changing away. the way. But you're talking about the big trades and stuff. L.A. is only built on big trades. It's You're not going to get anything where it's like, oh, we got a guy that's in five years, maybe going to be pretty good. It's we want the Manny Ramírezes, We want the Hanley Ramírezes, and, you know, Carl Crawford, Adrian Gonzalez, and Josh Beckett deals. Well, all of them worked yeah, out, not- but... <laughs> I mean, it, I would, would, I would, no, I would, it worked out good for the Dodgers. Well, they didn't give away pieces that turned out to be stars right away, and they, you know, they've made good runs yeah. in the postseason on there. But we were talking about the A's trade with the Blue Jays earlier. It was Josh Donaldson from the A's to for Brett Lowry. There's some other pieces involved, but those were the two big. Ones. A couple of young
3: starting pitchers that were sent towards the A's, very talented. Uh, Donaldson, though, think about this. That's the most ideal player you can have as an old as an Athletics fan. He. I don't. He's making like little money over the next, and, he, and he's under play, uh, club control for a couple more years. So the fact that they traded him was, you know, shocking.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently uh, the the rumor mill has said that you know he and Bean have got into it.
3: A yeah, but of- that's a warning. Warning. The following message making that you have to you have to be careful when you hear that rumor mill. Uh, there's always rumors going out there. I don't know until you know there's evidence you know that suggests. That something like that took place, I I, I don't believe it. What,
0: what 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 do you what do you think uh, about about Josh Donaldson? And do you really buy into the fact that you know he had uh, troubles with the front office?
4: Well, if he's just feeling that he should get paid something, and Oakland's not about paying athletes just because they can't afford to, it's their, it could be some truth, yeah, But to that.
3: He, but they, they can't pay him now anyways. He's under club option. I mean, it's not like uh, Toronto's gonna pay him. Well, no club. Just I mean, they have control over him, and I think he's making less than a million dollars a year.
4: Yeah. Well, so that's the only. He's coming off an All Star season he's as well. He's phenomenal player on there. So know? it's it's you know upgrade the contract. No,
3: perfect. I mean, I was surprised by the trade from Oakland.
4: But there's a lot of things we want to get to today. Yeah. Briefly touch on it. The Sixers finally getting a win. Hey, over the Timberwolves! Avoiding the start for the worst finish, first start in NBA history last night. Brutal. But just also looking at a couple uh, history moments coming up on here. Kobe Bryant, I think he's 99 points away from passing Michael Jordan for third
0: all-time on the NBA scoring list. Had a double-double last night. And had a uh, triple-double two nights prior to that. Um... You know, Shalom. Even though you're probably gonna barf in your microphone right now, oh, no. be- be- because uh, because you know we the Lakers are completely irrelevant. I actually feel that these past three or four games, they've been showing some signs of you know playing some decent kind of basketball. I mean, it's not pretty right now, but you know when when Byron Scott, you know, lit lit a fire under them, you know, with a with the post game conference you know and saying that you know that they they, they played like a zoo I mean even though they lost to to the wizards yesterday I don't think that they're as bad as people thought I mean there's they're still bad I mean they, they they still stink but at the same time they have downgraded from the stink of a dirty gym sock to the stink of uh, of a of a bit of a ripe banana
4: they're still bad there's st- that's the other one. you look at it There was a couple of radio shows today. They're talking. It's like the worst thing an NBA team can do is be average. Because if you're an average team, you're barely missing the playoffs. You're drafting in the middle of the first round, so you're not getting really high draft picks with top prospects on there. So it's like if you're going to be bad, you want to be really bad on there, which the Sixers are. Yeah, but that's just.
3: that's just an embarrassment to the fan base, an embarrassment to yeah. anyone associated with the Sixers. Start off 0-17. You can't purposely lose, and, and players, players especially. Not they're not they're competitive. They don't want to lose. Coaches don't want to lose. And I know the whole draft pick situation as upper management, but they could have won two games and still be fine. 0-17. There's no excuse for that.
0: Yeah, uh, no no excuse at all. I mean, it's good to finally win. I mean, good lord knows that that the Raiders could win a game, too. So, you know, if the Raiders can win a game, then shoot. I might as well, uh, you know, throw some craps around and uh, try to land some uh, some uh snake guys. Anyway, moving on, Tyler. College football news.
3: Oh, this should be fun. To, this is going to be fun. You
4: know, the coaching carousel is in full motion right yes, now. Yes, my of...
3: man, my main man at the University of Michigan, Jim Hackett, the NRM AD, fired Brady Hoke, finally. It's about... Time. It's about time Michigan gets back on their feet. For the past seven years, Michigan's mediocre. That's not okay for Michigan. No such thing. One of the greatest football programs in college football history has the most wins in any other program. You cannot go 6-6 six and six on a yearly basis. And since Lloyd Carr retired, and believe it or not, this is an interesting thing, a little karma happened. Uh, the, uh, Michigan's former head coach, uh, Rich prior Rodriguez. Rich Rodriguez, who was the head coach prior to... Uh, Brady, Brady Hoke. Hoke won Pac-12 uh, he was coach. The coach of the Year. Oh, the co- same day, Brady, Brady Hoke, Hoke fired. was fired. So there was a little karma thrown into here. That way, you know, the, Michigan has actually had a very uh, good um, recruiting class. in the past couple of years it just hasn't translated into wins. I'm extremely excited to see what the coaching surge is going to bring up, and I, I want them to be patient this time around because they're going to have to wait a couple of weeks for it. there's interest in Les Miles potentially. Jim Harbaugh would be the ideal situation for Michigan. He, Played at Michigan. His father was a assistant coach at Michigan. He was brought up in Ann Arbor, so that would be a great situation. Him him coming to Michigan would instantly change that program.
0: Yeah, and and I think that you know Jim Harbaugh is getting too much rep for you know what's going on in in the in terms of the Forty Nine er Nation with you know Colin Kaepernick not exactly you know being the quarterback that you know the management was hoping to be. Um if 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 you are Jim Harbaugh right now, I mean, you know, you know the 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 way the way Chip Chip Kelly left left Oregon to go and coach at Philadelphia is the way that Jim Harbaugh should should feel about going from the 49ers to to going to Michigan because here's here's you know the 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 49ers right now complaining about, you know, all all these problems that he might be having, you know, Per- personnel-wise, you know, with this team. And the Wolverines are basically beckoning Mr. Harbaugh to come to Michigan. I think it is a match made in heaven, and I think Harbaugh should go to There's Michigan. What do you about think?
3: Joe, I, I think that, that sounds great. That would be a great idea. But for Jim Harbaugh's perspective, he'd probably rather coach in the NFL. He, he, um, and here's why. When you go into in the NFL, you don't got to convince an 18-year-old kid and you know, beg him to come play for you. The NFL doesn't work like that. And it's a lot of when 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 you're doing college, there's so much more when being a head coach than just football. To recruiting, going to these all these events, and that's difficult. I think he's also he he probably wants to win at the NFL level. You know, he made it to the Super Bowl, lost his brother. The guy has an ego. He 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 wants to be, you know, competitive. He wants probably wants a Super Bowl. That being said, I think it's he's to go based on the right opportunity. So if a right situation comes up, if Chicago's job comes up, you know, maybe he'll go there. I think he, he could go to an NFL team, but the Oakland uh, Raiders, Oakland, <sighs> Oakland <sighs> Jim. Harbaugh. The
0: trait hey, actually, you know, Derek Carr. There, 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 there was a poll in in North Carolina, it, excuse me, Northern California, to say who's the better to to say who's the better quarterback in the north. Is it Colin Kaepernick or is it Derek Carr? Derek Carr. Even with one win,
3: I think Northern Derek California Carr prefers potential.
0: Derek Carr over Colin Kaepernick.
3: What do you guys think? I don't know. I've always thought Colin Kaepernick, and I've said it here on this show before. I've said it all the time. Anyone knows me. I think he's one of the more overrated quarterbacks. He came in. He came in towards that end of the playoffs. He had, he had a nice run and, and and was before the NFL defenses and defense coordinators had a, a, a time to adapt to the uh, uh what is that? the pistol yeah. kind of situation? So yeah, the the pistol, the option. The,
0: pistol, the, the, the option. option, you know, yeah. quarterbacks.
3: It, but now you're seeing read options, quarterbacks are having more of a struggle. Yeah. You know, RG3, I know that that's a lot of injury there. The, um, You know, Kaepernick's not doing so well. I mean, Russell Wilson's the only one that's kind of, you know, been killing it over there. So, you know, it'll be interesting. Speaking of, Johnny Menzel scored his fourth NFL touchdown hey, this past week. E- e- even though the Browns
0: lost... Johnny Football still did score. Is he going to start this week?
3: No. No. And I don't know if he should. I don't know if he should. I know there's a lot of emotion. There's a fan base. You know, there's the media perspective. You want Johnny Manziel to start. But I leave it up to the coaches. They've done a fine job so far. It'll be interesting. Brian Hoare has been struggling a lot as of late. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Do you see the storyline why he's not not
4: starting, apparently? Is his birthday Saturday? <laughs> it is.
0: Yeah, all 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 the, all the good reason. All, all the all the birthday hype. Sounds, he, there sa- were rumors
3: he his bodyguards. Got, um, I mean, the guy is always making news. He got into a fight at, a, at an apartment building. I don't know if you read that. Yeah.
0: I just I just want to know what 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 professional athletes are thinking. They they're doing. It, you know, two a.m. I mean, shouldn't they be sleeping or you know being in rehab or watching film or John, or sleeping. sleeping.
3: He sleeps in. He doesn't uh, sleep at two. Uh, let, let's get to the, back to <laughs> yeah. college football. There's two coaches were hired. Florida, they Florida, got that. I go- thought that was Jim. a great
0: job. You know, getting Jim McElwain from from Colorado, Colorado State. State. You know, my mom's my mom's hometown of Fort Collins, by the way, where my grandparents live. Um, you know, I, I I like this move from Florida because because you know you 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 bring a guy who's who's you know comes. Comes from a different
3: environment well, he's and got
4: SEC ties. Yeah, he was he, he's coordinator
3: he's got at Alabama. But but yeah, he's, he's think, got, yeah. He was there for two years and they won national championship. Yeah. But don't you think uh, Florida could have gotten like a hotter candidate, somebody that's better? Because well, like, he, you look at what he's done.
0: But he, he hasn't done it at a
3: team this year. He hasn't done it yeah, SC, no, like, they, He hasn't done it at a big program. But 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 he
0: was the defensive coordinator at Alabama, oh. and Alabama by and uh, far had, golfing, had, pro- pro- produces pretty coordinators don't translate into great
3: head coaches. It's he, very he, He's, he's, he's a great head coach though. Around. He
0: he got t- he got 10 wins. I mean, you so know, the conference that, that he's Brady in Brady Hog
3: did very good at San Diego State University. There's a difference when you go from these schools. And I'm not saying he's not going to be successful. Yeah. I'm just saying I think they maybe, you know, could it's, have waited sees, you know, some other names it's, big time. It's, it's Florida, a, yeah. you know. Well, I, th- yeah. I think
4: uh, Dan Mullen kind of turned him down at Mississippi State. That's a lot of people were who hoping would go to Florida and they kind of moved on rather quickly to get McElwain. And, or, and, uh, and he Nebra- has a large buyout too, it's seven and a half million. I think uh Florida's paying three million, he's paying two himself. Pssh. And then they're doing a home and home series that's gonna pay
3: Colorado State the rest of the two million dollars. Uh, 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 that was a difficult situation to get him out. Uh, and Nebraska got their new head coach. Yeah my, Mike Mike Riley, Mike Riley uh. Oregon State
4: it's you know it's his second stint at Oregon State so he's probably gonna finish his career there in like five years. Although he's gonna go back. <laughs> but Mike Riley you look at Pac-12 football. It's hard to get kids into Corvallis, Oregon. On well, there, it's not a big place. A lot of people don't know yeah, where that is. It's it's he's recruited I, yeah. well, but it's not the five-star guys. He gets guys that are like three stars, maybe four stars, and he really coaches them up well. There's a lot of guys that have Oregon State ties in the NFL that have performed well that are byproducts of the Mike Riley system.
0: Yeah, no, I I I like Mike Riley. I, I like this decision by Nebraska. Um Terms in terms of Mike Riley, I mean, Oregon State in in Corvallis. I mean, I've been to Corvallis, Oregon before, and let me tell you, there's nothing around it. So it's not like, you know, you, you could, you know, convince somebody and say, Hey, you know, we got all this cool stuff, all this cool environment. It's actually a very sleepy town or, or or around Oregon State, but you know, at the same time too, the things that he was able to to accomplish and all the bowl wins that he was able to get at Oregon State. Um I think this is going to be a good good coaching situation both for both him and Nebraska. I just love, you know, the the, sh- the shuffling that's going around the college football world right
3: now. That's definitely interesting, but it's yeah, oh, uh, another breaking you know, in big news that came out as recently is the UAB program, University of Alabama Birmingham.
0: Yeah, we actually had a guy. Do you remember Bobby Baker, who we've had on the show, he, he, Shalom?
3: He played. He
0: he he. Cur- he currently he did play there this year, and uh, their program has been suspended, and now uh, suspended uh, and closed down. Closed down. So yeah, that's down, what I
4: meant. If they get offered a bowl game, they're deciding if they want to play in that or not. But they should.
0: They should play. I I I don't think that. I mean u a b still ha- had a decent season, no, and but I I'm think that- as
3: a player's perspective this is just horrible news you, these yeah. people that you know drop whatever it is they did they they chose that school for a reason and, and it's kind of backfiring at at them now
0: it's It's a tough situation, but I personally think that u a b if they're gonna go out, you gotta go out fighting. I think that they should take this bowl game, and the players for that team should use this as you know the the last game this should be like the championship game for them because who who knows i mean i mean who knows maybe in 10 years the uab program might be able to come back but for right now it is going to be closed down and this has got to be kind of you know as as the last uh as the last salute you know for a program that that's produced nate clement and uh and uh and um roddy white yeah and roddy white
4: but if you look at it if if they're not going to play division one football they're not coming back csun had a Division One football program, and they're no longer around.
0: Yeah, same there. thing with University of Pacific. A lot of California schools, that got shut down.
4: But you're looking at it, big weekend in college football. You have Alabama, Oregon, TCU, Florida State. It's your top four. It's the last weekend before the you know, playoff teams are announced. You're looking at Oregon, Arizona this week for the Pac-12 championship. Oregon number two, Arizona number seven. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Ma- making it, and Arizona already beat Oregon this year as well as last year. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Ohio State's number five in the polls. Right, they lost their quarterback. They, which they very... lost their backup quarterback. Correct. Who's so now an old job
3: filling in for Braxton Miller. He's
4: going to the third stringer, who's known for a tweet <laughs> on here. Yeah, last, uh, Two years ago, October 5th, 2012, Cardell Jones, who's now their starting quarterback at Ohio State, why should we have to go to class if we came here to play football? We ain't come to play school. Classes are pointless. So now, here we the, go. He's the starting quarterback in the biggest game for Ohio State in this year. Because if they win, and there's a couple of losses, people don't perform. They're in the playoff
3: on there, so it's kind of interesting to see. Match. I don't know if you saw the injury. Uh, I,
4: I I didn't see that one, but it's I
3: heard brutal it injury, a good one but again. it was very class sportsmanship yeah. by Devin Gardner to go over to him. You know, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, Michigan but, Ohio, won probably the biggest rivalry in college football. If not in in sports, yeah. it's it's it's, known,
0: it's it's good to see. You we know that. don't like
3: Ohio. It's that simple. Yeah, we, you know, but that that was just a yeah. tough tough loss, you know, for anyone. Anyway,
0: yeah. so do you guys want to move on to the week fourteen results, or what do we what do we got, Tyler?
4: We got a couple more games. College football. You have Florida State's on upset watch right now. <laughs> They're not performing well playing Georgia Tech. Yeah, but
3: see, this is this is the thing. I, I, it's tough as as if you're one of the people on the committee, on the playoff committee, and you have to choose. Florida State. The bottom line is they win football games. They haven't lost a game in two years. But they're they're getting real close with some iffy teams, with some so-so teams. They're they're, they're going down to the wire. They could be playing some peewee football team, and Wins Winston will throw six picks in the first, you know, five minutes. But and but they'll find a way to win just like the last second. But so it's it's tough. I, you know, I th- it's interesting to see. You have
4: Alabama-Missouri SEC championship game a lot of people are taking.
3: I think it's unfair for what Alabama has done to college football over the last seven years. It's just not fair. Last year they should have been in the championship game, if not for some ridiculous play at the end of the Iron Bowl. They were playing a championship game. They won 2009, 2011, and they won three. It was like three or
4: four, but it's the state of Alabama in general. Yeah, correct. And this year they are number one.
3: Last year they were number one until the Iron Bowl. It's just not fair what Nick Saban has done. He's just and, – and college football is one of the hardest sports to, to be competitive. I mean, you can be a great program. Consistent. You can be consistent as, as, a, as an 11-win team, 10-win team, but to go to a national title game year in, year out, or be in the conversation top four, that's tough. And, and, and what Nick Saban has done is phenomenal. And, you know, I, don't, I can't see anyone beating him. That's definitely
4: going to be tough, but you're looking at other key games – Probably the two biggest games are going to be in the Big 12, as, as crazy as that sounds because the Big 12 is like down, doesn't have a title game. You have TCU playing Iowa State and Baylor versus Kansas State. TCU, number three, jumped Florida State this week. Baylor, number six. They hired a PR for, firm <laughs> to kind of, <laughs> to kind of you know drum up a little more support to get them into the playoff. But you're looking at teams that are probably going to try to go out there, play really well offensively. And put a complete game in right before the committee sits down to have these discussions. You just know
3: whatever happens, there are going to be people are going to be upset. Whatever whoever gets picked, just the way it's just the way that's just sports.
4: Well, it's it's you're going to look at it. if there's somebody that has a one loss or something like that, which a couple teams do on there. But it's why, why do we get left out? It's
3: the you know, typical right. SEC bias, correct? But here's the interesting thing: TCU lost to Baylor. That was a great game. However, Baylor is ranked behind TCU. So I think that's going to be like a discussion, you know, interesting. And TCU, is, I, they're not a big program, football pro. I mean, the, the way they've been coming on the past couple of years under Gary Patterson, I mean, they're no Alabama. They've been a solid team the past couple of years. I mean, you look at it, it's, it's the way you're not going to get, you know, the blue-chip prospect to go
4: into TCU. You're going to have to find the guys that want to come in there and then build them up. And the one that they've done in a lot is that they convert guys. They get in a guy that's a running back. He may be a little larger, and they end up turning him into a pass rushing defensive end. On Jerry Hughes is a good example. A couple years ago, he's in the NFL now. But it's they they get guys in if they you know don't work at a certain position. Andy Dalton transferred to TCU, right. T- uh, yeah, he
3: was he was a running back. They made him a no, quarterback. They should have st- they should have made him stick to running back. No, that was a joke. Or Andy Dalton. You know that was TCU great, good, good program, especially. Recruiting in Texas, where yeah. you got to go up against you Definitely know Texas, a a- but you have to go up against uh, teams like Texas. You got to go to Texas A and M. You know there are a lot of teams around that area, so recruiting there is r- really difficult.
4: And it's not, it's even that it's nationally everyone goes into Texas and tries to get their guys. You Happen. know Oklahoma is a big Texas product Correct. as well because they're right on the border.
3: Big rivalry too, on there. But
4: big NFL game tonight. All right, Dallas Cowboys, Chicago Bears.
3: This is tough. So I'm not gonna. I hate the Chicago Bears. I cannot say who I'm rooting for in this game, but I want Dallas Cowboys to lose. All right. So, uh, no. I Wait. Who's the game? Dallas,
4: Chicago.
0: Dallas, Chicago. Dallas is going to bounce back from getting manhandled by the Eagles. We'll just move on to the importance games because we got two minutes left. Um, how about the Steelers and the Bengals?
3: Steelers. Andy Dolan throws three picks.
0: He's got to take Pittsburgh. I'm taking the, I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, Steelers have been a little When's the last big? time Andy
3: Dolan had two consecutive games that he did a decent job? Well, I think this is going to be the day. TCU. All right,
0: so uh, now... <laughs> I was going right. to say high school. All right, so now uh, we got the Panthers and my Saints. My Saints are back. They're on a roll. They're going to take down Cam Newton and the Panthers. I got the Saints big.
3: Why isn't Drew Brees throwing the ball to Jimmy Graham? Because
0: he's got this guy named Kenny Stills. Yeah. You know the name.
3: You got a guy named Jimmy Graham. He's throws the ball to Jimmy Graham. Yeah, and he, I, I, he I does, does throw the ball to Jimmy Graham.
0: Go. Uh, it's the NFC South.
4: Nobody really is watching that.
0: How so. are the Falcons in first place? We're t- tied for first
3: place. Yeah, but I think they beat yeah, you in the they, first place. They did, but so we're going to beat them back. Right now they have the head-to-head match. All
0: right. So uh, now we have... Uh, we had the. We'll just go down. Uh, Seahawks at the Eagles. Who do you got? Uh, do you got Chip at Kelly's offense
3: or uh, or the Seahawks defense in Philly? Great game. This is gonna be a great game. I am gonna go with the Eagles.
0: I gotta go with the Eagles too. I love. I love the way that that they're that they're playing offensively. and Now they have a, one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. I
4: am taking the Seahawks. I like the defense.
0: All right, and then uh, the Monday night game: the Pack, the Packers against. The Falcons. I need the Packers to win, but they're also playing the best football out of any team, maybe besides the New England Patriots. They just beat New England. Yeah, and they, and they just beat New England, but so I could totally see this being a preview for the Super Bowl. I've got the Packers. Who do you guys got? It's the Packers. As much as I hate to say this, it's the Packers. All right, so uh, we have run out of time for you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Inside the Game, always along with my with, with my two best guys, Shalom Druk, and I'm not just saying that, Shalom, I really do love you, and Tyler, Tyler McGee, the man. This has been Ethan Hansen. I'm going to be moving to New York very soon, so I'm going to be kissing you guys goodbye in about two weeks. So uh, take a thank coat, you take for a tuning.
3: Sweater, scarf, air
0: Thank you for tuning in. Shalom's going to miss me too. This has been Inside the Game.